to the Bethel Free Baptist Church weekly sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 17th of December 2017, entitled God With Us, and the Bible reading is taken from John chapter 1 verse 14. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. I read a story in some of you use the Daily Bread and similar daily devotional books. It told of a man that had visited a poverty-stricken area of a very large city, and he went there to tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ. He said that one day as he was talking to a woman, she suddenly said to him, it's one thing for you to come and tell us about Jesus, salvation, and all of those things, and then go back to your comfortable home and leave us here. But would you be willing to leave your nice house, your neighborhood? Would you be willing to actually come and live here in some dilapidated, maybe rat-infested shack in order to help us? The man thought for a moment, and then sadly, he hesitantly had to confess, no, I must admit, that would probably be asking too much. Asking too much. Is that really asking too much, though? You see, that's exactly what Jesus Christ did. That's what we've been hearing through these readings this morning. The only difference is he left in the past, uh, oh, I don't know, month or so since we got back, we've been looking at, we began by looking at this place called heaven. And, of course, as we looked at some of the beauty of that place, we realized that the riches and splendor of that place is beyond anything else that we could ever even picture or imagine upon this earth. But of course, Jesus left the greatest splendor. He left the greatest riches. He left a place that was sinless in order to come and die for our sins. I read this one time, and I think I even posted it upon the, the church's Facebook page or something, but I read it somewhere and don't even know who to give credit for it, but I kept it in my notes. It said, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But friends, our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a Savior. As much as you and I truly know, as I look across this congregation, and I know that we've got some missing, but most of you are here regularly, and we know what the real meaning of Christmas really is all about. But if we aren't careful, it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to get distracted by all of the holiday specials and all of the purchasing of presents for those that we care for, the parties with friends and family, just a general busy season that we all end up getting caught up in this season of Christmas, sometimes we need to remind ourselves, even as Christians, 
why we celebrate this day, what it is that we are celebrating. You've heard the passages read this morning, and I want to emphasize one of the verses that we heard read last of all in John chapter 1 and verse 14 said, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. No man has seen God at any time, but God came to us in the person of Jesus Christ. And if you're to see God today, it is through Jesus Christ that you will see that God. You see, the very first passage that we heard read this morning was one of those prophecies taken from the prophet Isaiah, and I just want you to be reminded, this was over 700 years before the scene that took place in Bethlehem that night. In Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, the Word of God said, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, a birth like no other, God himself coming. But of course, then we heard the other reading in the very first of the gospel readings and in Matthew chapter 1. Unless you think that what Isaiah said was not precisely what we've heard taking place in Bethlehem, in Matthew chapter 1, notice what he says in verse 22 and 23. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, speaking of the prophet Isaiah, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Just in case, he says, you don't understand. All of this is being spoken of is precisely what Isaiah the prophet prophesied all of those years ago, but he goes on to tell us precisely what Emmanuel means, he says, which being interpreted is God with us. God with us. You see, in the reading here in John chapter 1, you do not have to be a great Bible scholar or theologian to figure out real quick that the word in John chapter 1 is none other than Jesus Christ himself, God's Son, coming to this earth. He said there in verse 1, in the beginning was the word. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible begins, in the beginning, God. Here in John chapter 1, verse 1, is in the beginning was the word. They're one and the same. You see, in the beginning, God, in the beginning was the Word. Both existed in the beginning. Both were involved in the creation of everything that we see and everything that lives today. Both are deity, God the Father, God the Son. Jesus is the one that's called the Word. We've talked many times about that word logos and what it means there that's translated as Word. But in a very simple frame of mind this morning, you see, what does a Word do? When we speak a word, what does any word do? It expresses a thought. 
It begins as a thought on the inside before it's ever voiced as a word. It's used to explain what we're thinking in our mind. For example, if I'm thinking of an object that sits on a counter in your kitchen, it has a door on it, it cooks food real, real fast, what do we call it? A microwave. We know we use that word because it's defining what that is. It communicates our thought to someone else. The way that we use and understand what I'm thinking and what you're thinking is by words. Jesus is called the Word. You see, He expresses the very thought of God, of who God is, of what God is like. He reveals God to us. He communicates God to us. That's the only way to the Father. It's the only way to know the Father is through the Son. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Now, being with somebody can have all kinds of meanings. You see, we can be with someone in a crowd. For example, I was with the queen a few years back. I was with the queen. Now, I was in a crowd of people standing behind a rope, and she was in a car a few feet away as she passed by, but I was with the queen. I was with President Obama. <laughs> Not my favorite president, but we don't go there. <laughs> but still, in honor of his position, I was privileged to be there and to shake his hand nonetheless. The fact was is that I was with the queen. I was with the president of the United States but I was with them without really being with them. <laughs> they didn't know who I was. They didn't know I existed on the face of this earth. But when the Word of God says here, the Word was with God, it means literally. Jesus is closer to God the Father than any other person except the Holy Spirit, and they're all as one. John chapter 1, verse 18 said, No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. As clear a statement as you'll ever find anywhere of the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Word was God. Now, Many, and I could call all kinds of names of religions, and many of them, there are very sincere and genuine and good people that belong to them, and they try to explain these verses away because the Word of God says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Some will say that Jesus was a great teacher, possibly the greatest teacher that ever walked the face of this earth. He was. Some would say that Jesus was a mighty miracle worker performing what no man could do. He was. Some would even say that Jesus was a great man, the greatest example of a man that ever lived, and yes, he was. But many will not go as far as to say that Jesus was all of those things. Jesus is God. God in his triunity, a, a trying triune being. No, we don't know anything else like it on earth. We can use all these different things, and I've tried before, the water, the egg, the light, all these things that are made up of different parts, and yet they're one. They all fail because nothing is like God or God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, distinct and yet the same. 
characters all shed. They all have the same purpose and deity. You see, in Proverbs chapter 8, verses 27 to 30, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depths, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea his decree that the waters should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the foundations of the earth, then I was by him as one brought up with him, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. One of the messianic verses of the Old Testament. None other than Jesus Christ himself describing his relationship with God the Father. You see, Jesus is the Word. As the Word reveals through Jesus the very thoughts of God, the Word, Jesus expresses God's thought in everything, in all of God's creation. Colossians 1, 16, 17 says, For by him, speaking of Jesus Christ, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things consist. It's Jesus God amongst us, God with us, Emmanuel. Isaiah said some 750 years before, this is what it's going to be. It's going to be God with us coming down. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And that Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. In him was life, because he is the creator of all life. In him was life because he is God. In him was life because he went to the cross to die for us that we might have eternal life. In him was life because he rose from the dead, conquering that death. You see, I've tried so many times to explain in the simplest terms, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. We're celebrating God the creator of everything that is, the sustainer of everything that it is. We're talking about him becoming flesh and dwelling among us. Why? Because he created us. He gave us life. All life comes from God. All life is with God. Without God, there is no life. Why is the wages of sin death? Because sin separates you from God, who is life. Jesus Christ came to this earth, folks. Just remember, God himself came in the flesh. Why? Because he created you. He gave you life in the first place. But your sin separated you from God. Without God, there can be no life. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The birth of that baby 
so that he could live 33 and a half years upon this earth to live the sinless life that we couldn't, so that he could go and die on that cross to pay for your sins. You can't just brush them under the carpet. You can't just pretend that they're not there. Can you understand that God loves you so much? God gave you the life that you have, but God wants you to have life everlasting. He doesn't want your sin to destroy you. It's your sin that separates you from him who is the life the sin's taken care of. To where you can have that life, to where you can enjoy that life. This life, he says, is the light of men. You see, as men and women, we have darkened hearts. Darkened because of that sin. Darkened by that darkness of sin. It's the Lord Jesus that not only gives life, but he gives life. You know, we can't even see without him. When a person puts his faith in Jesus Christ, instead of residing in that darkness, instead of residing in, I'm sorry, the kingdom of Satan, yes, that kingdom of darkness, through Jesus Christ, we're translated into the kingdom of light. Colossians 1, 12 and 13, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. That's what he wants for you. He wants to take you out of that darkness. He wants you to recognize and realize and just be willing to swallow your pride and admit that you're a sin, that sin separates you from a holy God. God has come to take care of your sin. He came as that baby that he might die on the cross so that your sins could be forgiven. John chapter 8, verse 12, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You see in verse 5 in our reading there, the, the light of the world is shining in darkness. And yet the powers of darkness, they can't comprehend it. They can't apprehend it. They can't overcome it. In other words, darkness can never overcome light. Light always overcomes darkness. I promise you, you shut these lights out, put all the lights out in here, and you strike just a tiny light. You will see that light. The darkness can never overcome the light. I know we live in a dark world. There's so many things we see around us that are, that are bad and that are evil and that are painful and that are hurting. As we saw the children portrayed to us earlier, why not this Christmas? Why not let the light of Jesus Christ shine through your heart onto someone else? He's got to exist in you first. But he can shine onto others. He is the light amidst all this darkness that we see around us. You see... I'm going to ask you this simple question in closing this morning. Are you trusting in yourself? Are you trusting in yourself? You're saying, well, I try to be a good person, and I try to help people, and I try to, to live a good life and all these things, and that's great. But are you really so deceived that you think you've never committed one wrong, not one sin? You see, 
one sin to a holy God. We don't understand. Sin separates you from him. God hates sin because of what it does to you, because of that separation that it brings. God sent his son. Christmas is about that gift that he gave to you. Have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior? Nobody else can do that for you. Only you admitting that, yes, you have sinned, but admitting that only Jesus, Jesus alone can take. You see, if you never sinned again the rest of your life, you're still going to face God one day with that mistake that you've already made. You may have only made one mistake in your whole life. You say, well, that's unfair. No, that's sin. Sin separates you from the life that you can have in him. Are you part of the kingdom of light or the kingdom of darkness? Have you ever trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior? And if you have, is the light of Christ shining through you? Will you allow this Christmas? Will you let the true message of Christmas shine through your life as Christ shines to you? Father, we know that our time is limited in looking. And Lord, there's such wonder in the story of Christmas. But Father, we just pray this morning. Lord, I know my inadequacies, and I know that there's no way that I can find the words to express my thoughts, let alone your thoughts this morning. But I do pray that by the power of your Spirit that you would speak to hearts here this morning. Allow them to see they're no different from anybody else. We're not putting them down because they're a bad person. Lord, we all have sinned. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. doesn't matter how we compare with man. We've missed the mark when it comes to your holiness. And, Lord, that's where life exists is with you. So speak to hearts. Express yourself today through the power of the Spirit. Lord, we just pray that this might be the greatest Christmas in every individual's life here because it's not just the lights and the tinsel on the tree, all the bright, colorful things around us, but, Lord, for the very first time, they experience the light that only comes through Jesus Christ. Help them, Lord. Help them not to shut it out. We know that the, the prince of darkness wants to keep them. He wants to blind their minds. He wants to dull their ears. So speak to them. Let them know. Lord, you prophesied it right back into the Garden of Eden. You prophesied your son that would come. He came. For that we thank you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. 